Today is the 13th of February 2018. Today it is Tuesday. Today it's the fifth day of the Metta Meditation Retreat. So now, you meditators have been practicing, have been cultivating metta, loving-kindness, for five days, and as a result of this practice, your metta has become already uh, quite developed. Actually, um, one would need to say that you have already metta, you are already this quality is in you, that's why it is easy to arise. So, when practicing metta, cultivating loving-kindness, then for some people, for some meditators, it's quite easy but for other meditators, uh, it can be difficult, or difficulties can arise. So for those meditators who uh, are not <coughs> who are not endowed with the metta paramis, the perfection of loving kindness. For them, the practice can be difficult. And on the other side, for those meditators who are already endowed or have this metta-paramis to a certain degree, for them it is easy to practice metta-meditation. Or to express it in another way, for, to, for those with little dosa, little anger, irritation, aversion, and so on, for those it is easy to develop metta. And for those with a lot of dosa, anger, aversion, ill will, and so on, so for those it uh, is difficult to cultivate metta. So, 
um, when engaging in the cultivation of metta, then it is important to have a good metta connection. So nowadays, um, when women want to make a telephone call, or when we want to send an email, or when we want to send a message, then we need a good connection. Only when the connection is good, can we make a call, can we send an email, or can we send a message. Sometimes when the weather is not good, for example, when it is raining very hard, then it can happen that the connection is not good, and so then um, one is not able to make a phone call or one is not able to send an email or a message. Or else it can also be that one is in a place where the connection is not good, a place like being on a hill or, or a mountain, or being deep in the forest, or being in a valley. So then having no good connection, one cannot make a phone call, or one cannot send an email or a message. <laughs> But when the weather is good and when one is not deep in a forest, so when there is no hindrance for the connection, so then when the connection is good, then one can make a phone call or one can send a message or an email. And when we cultivate metta, when we develop loving kindness, then it is important to have a good connection. So in regard to this meta connection, if the defilements like loba, greed, dosa, anger, moha, delusion, etc. So if the defilements um, are strong, then uh, the connection, the meta connection is not good and one cannot cultivate meta. Hey,
Only when the defilements such as loba, dosa, moha and so on are absent, when they are not there, when they do not arise, only then is the connection, the meta-connection good and then uh, one can easily develop metta, loving kindness. So today Sayadaw will talk about the ten kinds of kilesas or defilements which can be an obstacle for the cultivation of metta. So kilesas, defilements, are those things, mental states, which um, burn the mind, which um, produce heat. So these kilesas, they not only burn the mind, but they only they also burn the body. So these um, kilesas the defilements, they defile the mind, they soil the mind, and they also uh, defile or soil uh, the body. And So these defilements can be compared to clouds or to a thick fog. So then one cannot see clearly. So there are ten kinds uh, of these kilesas, defilements. Number one is loba. This is greed, craving, wanting, desire. The number two is dosa, anger, ill will, aversion, hatred. Number three is moha, um, not seeing the true nature of things, ignorance, or delusion. Number four is mana, that's conceit. 
Number five is Titi, that's wrong view. Number six is Titi, that's wrong view. Number six is Vichikicha, this is doubt, skeptical doubt in regard to the teachings of the Buddha. Number seven is Tina, sleepiness, a dull mind. Number eight is Uttacha, which is restlessness. So this is the wandering mind, thinking about this, thinking about that. This is called Uttacha, restlessness. And number nine is Ahiri. This is moral shame. Shamelessness, sorry. Then number 10 is anotapa, which means not being afraid of engaging in unwholesome deeds. So these kilesas uh, are um, preventing metta from arising. So when one of these ten defilements uh, arises in the mind during the metta meditation practice, then the meta connection is not good. Only when none of these defilements are present, only then is the meta connection good. At such a time, then the metta meditation goes very well, then one is uh, able to cultivate metta. So when we want to have a good metta connection, then we need to make sure that this uh, Kilesa's defilements are not present in our mind. So what can we do in order to have a mind free from these defilements? 
what we can do is actually um, just cultivating metta diligently and sincerely cultivating loving kindness and then when metta uh, becomes stronger then the mind will automatically be free from these defilements. So, when we notice during our metta meditation practice that a defilement has arisen, and then we notice that the metta connection is not good, so then if we simply and sincerely uh, continue to cultivate metta, with that we can overcome or abandon the defilement and with that uh, re-establish a good metta connection. So please uh, remember or note that on one, on one side in order not to let the defilements arise in one's heart and mind, we should continuously cultivate metta. On the other side, when one of these defilements has arisen in one's mind, then one should simply uh, continue to cultivate metta, putting a bit more effort in the cultivation of loving kindness. Sometimes it can happen that the meta connection is not good and that these defilements arise or that many of these defilements arise and then that one is not able to overcome them in this way. Uh, so in that case, or in this case, then one can resort to practice vipassana meditation. So metta and vipassana, they are actually like twins. So, if the metta meditation does not go well, then one can uh, switch to practice vipassana meditation. And so in this way, with the practice of vipassana meditation, then the mind can become clear and free of this defilement again.
Or else, when one is engaged in the practice of Vipassana meditation, it can happen that the, the practice is not going well, or one feels very bored, or it feels so dry and one does not see any sense to continue to practice Vipassana meditation. In such a moment, then a Vipassana meditator could switch to uh, practice Metta meditation. Then one should uh, cultivate metta as long as it takes to make the mind uh, clear and free of the defilements or as long as it takes to overcome the boredom or the sleepiness. And uh, then uh, when the mind is free of the defilements and calm again, then one can switch back to the Vipassana. So then, uh, when the mind has become clear, free from the defilements, then one can go back to practice Vipassana meditation. So, you are metta meditators here, and so when it happens that the practice of metta meditation is not going well, when there are so many thoughts, or when you feel really sleepy or really bored, uh, or overcome by strong emotions, then you could switch to vipassana meditation and practice vipassana. And then you should practice vipassana meditation until that boredom or the sleepiness or the many thoughts or the strong emotions have disappeared. And so when um, these defilements have disappeared, when the mind is clear again, then you switch back to the metta meditation. Now Sayadaw will explain some of the differences between the practice of metta meditation and vipassana meditation. In the practice of vipassana meditation, a meditator is mindful of all the different phenomena that are arising in the body and the mind 
being mindful of these mental and physical phenomena at the moment they arise to uh, see, understand their nature. Svara, Bhavna Bina, Bina Thare Yogi, Bhavna Bina Shubha. Tali Vindi, Bina Thare Yogi, Tali Vindi Shubha. Shuni, Shuni, Yani, Vira, Dani, Jaya, Jare, Dangu, Pambi, Jare, 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 so, for example, if a vipassana meditator is um, observing the rising and falling movement of the belly, so then be aware of that movement. Or if one is aware of the sensations of the air going in and out at the nostril, then one is aware of those sensations. Or if there is an itchy sensation, then one is aware of that or when one is seeing something, a form, a color, then one uh, is aware of the seeing, noting seeing, seeing. And likewise, smelling a smell, one is aware of smelling, or being aware of a taste, one is aware of tasting. Or um, when one is eating something, so then the taste uh, of the food, one is aware of the tastes. Or else one is aware of the different sensations arising in the body, such as cold or heat or heaviness, lightness or uh, pain, aching and so on. So whatever sensation in the body is distinct, one should be mindful of that. Or else um, one is aware, one is mindful of thoughts that arise, or to be mindful of boredom, or to be mindful of when one feels happy. เออกูเมตตาบ่อได้เมตตายอกีจ้ะแล้วไอ้ดิญาณจ้ะดาดิเลยกูยุทธะเสียมะโลกูดิโทนะจินะไกตะไกตะดิเลยกูยุทธะเ
So whenever uh, such phenomena arise in body and mind, one should be equanimous in regard to these uh, phenomena, one should ignore them, and one should be uh, only focused on the person one has chosen as one's object for the meta-meditation. Uh, then, with the practice of metta meditation, after some time of cultivating loving kindness, the mind can become calm, or joy may arise in one's mind, or one can feel very happy or peaceful. However, when this calmness, joy, happiness and peacefulness arise, one should not pay attention uh, to those uh, mental states. Again, one should ignore them and simply continue to cultivate metta for the person one has chosen as object. <laughs> So, whatever may arise, good or bad, um, pleasant or unpleasant, one that should not um, interrupt one's uh, metta practice, or one should not pay attention to those um, uh, objects, but one should uh, simply continue to cultivate loving-kindness uninterruptedly. Then another point, in the practice of Vipassana meditation, one should slow down all actions and movements as much as possible, also going from one place to another, so that should be done very slowly. However, for metta meditators, it is not needed that they slow down to such a great degree as the Vipassana meditators. As metta meditators, one goes about one's activities and walking from one place to another in a calm and comfortable manner. Um, but also the actions and movements and going from one place to another should not be quick. That's also not good. So it should be a nice, comfortable play pace uh, in which one can uh, easily 
continue to cultivate loving kindness. Now Sayato will talk about a person uh you talk about the person with the most powerful, the strongest metta. So in this world, who is the person with the most powerful and the strongest metta? Do you know? Yeah, please. That's correct. ไม่ได้เลยแต่ว่าวิธีนี้ก็ตัดผัวอ่ะอมูอมูจันทร์ซีบินี่เลยเดวะบ่มาเลยแม่นมุ่งเดี๋ยวเวลาตาเราบ่
was not afraid of this wild elephant and he still felt the same kind of metta as he had for his son Rahula. So the Buddha's metta was equally spread over all beings. There was no difference between any kinds of beings. There were no beings he loved and others he hated. So to have equal metta for all living beings, that's not easy. That's difficult. Some people, they love their family, but then they hate other people. Or some people uh, love the people uh, from their own country, but they hate people from other countries. Some people, they, they love other people, are friendly to other people, but then they hate animals. Or other people, they love animals, but they hate people. So to really feel the same kind of metta for all beings, that's difficult. So some people, yeah, they uh, have met them for other people, but then they hate the mosquito and the bug. <laughs> but for the Buddha, there was no being he hated. Uh, the Buddha had met them for all beings equally. That's why Sayadaw thinks that in this world uh, Buddha is the person with the strongest and most powerful metta. So Sayadaw will continue on this, on this topic in his talk tomorrow afternoon. Today, Sayoto doesn't feel so well. 
after eating breakfast, then he started to feel not so well. So then before lunch, he thought, mm, maybe I'm not able to give the Dhamma talk this uh, afternoon, and maybe I tell Maria to give the talk instead. So then after lunch, taking rest, um, he was actually uh, practicing meditation, some metta meditation, vipassana meditation, and that made him feel better. So especially this vipassana meditation is like medicine for Sayadaw. Um, he has the experience that uh, practicing vipassana meditation that um, some uh, of his physical ailments, sicknesses uh, completely disappeared or at least he felt some relief. So whether it is metta meditation or whether it is vipassana meditation, um, whatever we practice, we should uh, practice it uh, diligently and deeply. So yesterday, the Arya instructed you to change to a dear person for cultivating metta. And now, simply continue with this person for your metta uh, practice. So until now, Sayato has instructed you to cultivate metta uh, in this sequence. First of all, cultivating metta for oneself, then second, cultivating metta for a respected person or a benefactor, and then cultivating metta for a dear friend. Sometimes meditators ask, meditators ask with which person they should start the metta meditation. Or they're sitting. You should start with that person for whom it is easiest to cultivate metta. So, 
So if it's the dear person who is the easiest person to cultivate metta, then you start with this dear person. However, if the respected person or the benefactor is the easiest person to develop metaphor, then you start with that respected person or the benefactor and from there you switch to the dear person. If we start with an easy person, then the metta will easily arise. So, whatever person we choose for our metta meditation, each person has good sides and bad sides, or good qualities and bad qualities. So, a meta-meditator, when he chooses another person as the object for one's meta-meditation, then one should um, only look at the good side of this person or at the good qualities of this person. One should ignore the bad sides, the bad qualities of this person. So for example, um, the object is one's teacher, teacher from the school. And um, when one went to school, one remembers that the teacher was shouting at one or scolding one, uh, giving punishment. So if we at one stage choose our school teacher as the object for our metta meditation, then one should not pay attention to these bad qualities or bad sides of the teacher, the fact that he was calling one, shouting at one, and so on. But one should reflect that this teacher um, uh, facilitated our education, that we learned things which were helpful for our uh, life. 
So if one would uh, reflect on the bad qualities, or on the fact that the teacher was scolding one, uh, giving punishment, even hitting oneself, so then metta would not arise, but instead um, dosa and mental suffering would arise. But when we reflect on the fact that um, we could learn something, that um, it helped our education, then in that way it is possible to cultivate metta. So, may all of you be able to see the good sides, to see the good qualities of the person who is the object of your metta meditation, and may you all become virtuous persons, uh, feeling happy and peaceful in both body and mind. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.